It's October 6, 2023, and these are your headlines. It's finally here, the long-awaited official call for the third special session from Governor Greg Abbott. Okay, maybe it doesn't sound that interesting when put like that, but stick with me because the items the governor is asking the legislature to address in the coming few weeks have exceeded many observers' expectations, including mine. Remember, only the governor can call the legislature back for special sessions. They can last up to 30 days at a time and can only be on issues he places on the call. So here are the issues Governor Abbott has tasked lawmakers with tackling during the special session starting on Monday. Let's break them down. Number one, education freedom. He writes, legislation providing education savings accounts for all Texas school children. Now, this one comes as no surprise. In fact, the main topic, and Governor Abbott has been out there saying it since the end of the last session, he has said that when he calls a special session in the fall, it will be for school choice. And so it's no surprise to see school choice, which is his top priority, certainly the one he spent the most time going around the state and talking about while the legislature was in session. It's not surprising to see that on there. What is noticeable is the language used there, all Texas school children, not some, not just uh, economically disadvantaged or certain minority groups like some representative, state representative Matt Shaheen suggested may be the case. Dade Phelan even said uh, the House might take a more incremental approach. If you're to read the language that Governor Abbott put on there, it looks like school choice, if it is to have any chance of making it and being signed by Governor Abbott, must apply to all Texas school children. Another topic that he's talked about being on the special session that we have this time is legislation for the border. In fact, there's three different uh, facets to this. Legislation to do more to reduce illegal immigration by creating a criminal offense for illegal entry into the state from a foreign nation and authorizing all licensed peace officers to remove illegal immigrants from Texas. And that remove illegal immigrants is important language there. Secondly, legislation to impede illegal entry into Texas by increasing the penalties for criminal conduct involving the smuggling of persons or the operation of a stash house. And he had put that uh, particular piece of legislation on the call for the first special session that did not make it to his desk then. So we have it once again being considered. And then uh, legislation to impede illegal entry into Texas by providing more funding for the construction, operation, and maintenance of border barrier infrastructure. And from what we've seen, that doesn't necessarily just mean a wall. It could also mean more buoys. Currently, we have 1,000 feet of these border buoy barriers in the Rio Grande. This money could be going to create more there. But those are the three items on border security he has placed on the call. Related to that, public safety, he says uh, he wants to see the legislature uh, consider legislation uh, concerning public safety, security, environmental quality, and property ownership in areas like the Colony Ridge development in Liberty County. He's been saying this now for a week or two, so it's interesting to see it placed on the call. This as lawmakers just got off of a, a tour, some of them went down, were showed around this development uh, where it is said that there has been cartel activity, there's high uh, rates of crime because illegal aliens have been marketed to. They, they don't require uh, social security numbers for loans to be able to finance their lots. They advertise down in Central America and Mexico for people coming into the United States illegally. That is one of the items on the call. And then lastly, we have ending COVID restrictions. 
specifically mentions legislation prohibiting COVID-19 vaccine mandates by private employers. Now, as you may have pieced together, most of these were initiatives that passed the Senate in one way or another, but failed to make it out of the House. For example, school choice has repeatedly passed out of the Senate. The House has killed it. They haven't had an actual vote on it. Border security legislation, especially the most important border security legislation uh, during the last legislative session, was killed by Speaker Dade Phelan on a point of order at the the last moments uh, that bills could be considered. That was killed. COVID-19 vaccine mandates. There was not a, a vote on that for private employers inside the House, especially as we even now see people like uh, we, we mentioned yesterday, the Baylor College of Medicine, instituting their own vaccine mandate, saying that employees, students, etc., need to get the COVID booster shot. It is happening here in Texas even today. So it will be interesting to see with Speaker Dade Phelan and, you know, at this timing with the repercussions of the failed impeachment attempt against Attorney General Ken Paxton, if these issues will be able to make it through the chamber, the House, when the special session starts on Monday. And we'll be giving you all the updates as it happens. Speaking of Attorney General Ken Paxton, he is setting his sights on the upcoming primary election, endorsing a slate of challengers today to Republican House members. In addition to endorsing candidates, Paxton also says he will be touring the state in support of these challengers to incumbents he says are quote, some of the most liberal Republican politicians in the nation. And he said when issuing these endorsements, he said, Texas conservatives have seen their state house hijacked by liberal rhino Republicans for far too long. Texas should be a leading beacon for conservative policies. Instead, Texas has had to watch a liberal House speaker and his loyalists kill hundreds of pieces of conservative legislation that would unleash untold economic growth and secure even more freedom. Very, very strong words from the Attorney General. Now, his first round of challenger endorsements released today include David Covey, who's challenging House Speaker Dade Phelan. Wes Verdell, who's challenging State Representative Andrew Murr, who's also the person who heads up the committee and headed up the resolution to impeach Paxton in the House earlier in May. Andy Hopper, who's challenging Representative Lynn Stuckey. Mike Olcott, who's challenging Glenn Rogers. John Perez, who's challenging Mano Diala. Matt Morgan, who's challenging J.C. Jaton. Additionally, Paxton endorsed Brent Money in the open special election race for House District 2. That special election will take place on November 7th. The Republican primary election will take place on March 5th, 2024. Lastly, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has continued his streak, issuing probably his most scathing criticism of the House impeachment managers yet. Since the acquittal of Ken Paxton on all six, all of the House's impeachment articles, many of the House managers, the people leading up the impeachment in the Senate, have maintained that their evidence and testimony were overwhelming and blamed partisanship in the Senate for deciding in Paxton's favor. Patrick has vehemently denied these accusations. He said in his latest statement today that the House manager's shoddy work, poorly constructed and vaguely written articles, poor procedures and shortcuts on fairness and due process resulted in a presentation before the Senate that collapsed like a house of cards. Patrick also compared the performance of the House managers to, quote, a t-ball player tripping over their shoelaces. 
Governor Patrick says the only way for the managers to recover from this debacle is to honor the verdict of the jury because agree or disagree, that's what we do in America. For more of today's stories, go to texasscorecard.com.